What's up, y'all? Welcome to day one of the Gathering of Friends, which is in the books. Uh, joined by my partner, Jess. Hey, Jess. Hello. So you've been here last year. Yes, this is my second year at the Gathering of Friends. And my first year. And today mm-hmm. was my first day of the Gathering of Friends. There was day zero yesterday. I talked about that yesterday. Sure. And everything in the setup stuff. But well, now we're here to talk about the games itself. So it's Friday. Yes. And the first game, uh, we actually, uh, this was kind of a cool moment. Freedom and Freeze walked up to us and said, you want to get into a game? Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Yes, we do. Yes. Yeah, don't mind if we do. So an upcoming game from him uh, called Faultier or Faultier or something. Faultier. It's German for sloth. sloth. It was you, me, and Joe Huber with Friedemann teaching it. Yes. Right? Uh, you want to tell folks a little bit about Faultier? Um, sure. I mean, first, that was a really good thing that he was teaching it because, of course, he's always green player and I'm always green player. So a fight didn't break out. I was allowed to play green, uh, which is a huge honor. So Faultier, uh, it is the game of sloth. You are a sloth and you want to travel around the world or at least this compound in the world, but you don't like to move. So you want to be carried by other animals. So there's uh, six factions of animals that are selected out of, I think he said he had 18 at this point. Right, like three different sets, like this replaces this animal or this animal, right? Right. So he selected six for us to play with, uh, including an elephant. Well, yeah. Yeah. And a unicorn, which was unique. Oh, and dude, that was, and everyone's got their special movements on everything, but the unicorn was my absolute favorite. Mm -hmm. Cannot travel into the forest because no one can see how amazing it is. Yes. Hello, I'm a unicorn. Yes. I, uh, the way he described that. The just, story it, was amazing. It, it was hysterical. It was pretty funny. And they're unique. So you can only use one at a time. Normally, you can take your actions by playing as many of an animal and using their accumulated points, uh, values that are on each card to move. But for unicorns, they're unique. Only one at a time or they might get discovered. And the elephants, they like to travel in herds. And so because an elephant traveling by itself, you get minus one. So if you draw a card that has a a three value into your hand and you decide to just play it, you actually, the elephant can only carry you two spaces. This is true. However, he has a trunk. And so he flings you three spaces further away. And with the whole point of gathering leaves so you can eat. Yes. And it's basically a logistics and pick up in well pick up game actually there's no delivery it's just no. picking up it's pick up and picked up because you are literally picked up by other animals and get moved your around food. the board i mean that's a great way to live i think right it's life goals so the the map uh, it's four sides so it's split in the middle so you can flip half the map mm-hmm. to be able to uh make a different uh a layout and so there yes. are four different combinations there are six different animals and each animal ranges from two to like six movement there's dolphins yes. for the water mm-hmm. and this and that whatever there's eagles you can call that will the eagles were amazing fly around the board and, and be able to do that so it's an efficiency logistics game and there's no randomness because the all the cards are in a predetermined order. So they range, like I said, from two to six and each card has its own. But the discard order does change yes. things up. 
Right. So when you're discarding, that's where the randomness can come in and maybe a little uh, screwage towards other players because you can depend on what you want to go out because you might have ants that are out there and you know somebody else is about to jump over a whole, uh, what would that be? It's not a herd of ants, a collection of ants. I don't know. Um, I don't know. We're gonna have to. We're gonna have to find this out. What Someone is a group will find of ants? it for us. Um, but so they. Oh, an army. Oh, it's an army of ants. There you go. I That's figured it, it out. Yes. So you hop over the army of ants. But if you see somebody else is near ants and is about to do that, maybe you don't discard those right now. Give them that benefit. So there's different things. But you do have a hand limit as well. So. Right. And that hand limit actually decreases as the game goes on, mm-hmm. as you collect more and more leaves. And the game ends when somebody has collected all but one of their leaves out on the board, which are basically one in the middle and kind of, I think it was six or seven around the outside. Around um, the outside. I enjoyed it. I, I I enjoyed it more than I thought I would, honestly. It's yes. not a heavy game. No. But it also, there there's a fair bit of strategy involved yes. to where, I mean, we were playing with Joe Huber and Joe... <laughs> Joe Huber is another savant. He he's just really he loves takes, his train games. He takes about negative uh, six seconds for his turns. Mm-hmm. He is famous for super fast play. Yes, and this was the first time I'd ever really played a game with him, and I forgot I was playing with Joe Huber. So I was like, uh, Joe, he's like, no, I already took my turn. I was like damn yeah <laughs> he's very stealthy in he that was way. He and he's like okay i'll take this 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 move there and mm-hmm. done and i was like okay all right but happy to say i did win via did. tiebreaker tiebreaker but i will take it uh jess and i both actually beat uh beat joe that so. is not uncommon joe is a very friendly fun player oh totally and super approachable super yes. nice guy just yes. i mean he's pretty famous in 18xx world yes. for uh both the speed in which he plays but just his his thoughts and discussion on yeah, games it's yeah. really impressive so mm-hmm. that was that was awesome i mean freedom and freeze and joe huber and just a great and first that, game that was a good way to start things then after that uh joe was like hey you want to play something else and we were like sure now one thing you need to know about joe is he likes the obscure he likes Mm -hmm. the more under the under the radar games obscure i think is a good way to put it and i'm gonna butcher it but blow to coup blow to coup which is silly uh, cow right it's german for silly cow which joe said this was his favorite game from essen last year yes he did uh it was you me joe scott uh Helly and Dan all played this. Yes. And describe it. All right. So it's a silly game. It's let's, just let's, a silly let's, game. Let's, let's and you have there. pigs and sheep and horses and cows. And you're playing a pair of these that you get dealt out in your hand. You get nine in your hand. You're playing. If you have a pair to play, then you get to move the point card um, either assigning it to somebody uh, for that animal. And this is what you don't want in your hands because you don't want to have animals at the end of the game. And these are uh, have point values that can be high uh, and cost you the game. So you assign that card to somebody else, hopefully somebody as far away from you as possible, and or you then play the two and move that cow, horse, 
or pig or sheep. Um, so clockwise the, around the table. Clockwise around the table. You might even move it to yourself knowing that, hey, everybody's got a lot of cards, so they may end up moving it away from me really, really soon. Or you may have another set of cards out of those yes. nine to where, okay, I, I played two horses, so I took the horse. And then somebody else plays a couple of horses and they it moves clockwise around the table. Yes. And the whole point is the game goes three rounds and a round ends when somebody is out of cards. Right. And when they play an in individual card mm -hmm. it does different things so when you play an a individual horse card there's horse trading everybody takes one card from their hand passes to the left you may not want to do that that right. can be very disturbing uh and then there are other little rules for when you play a single pig uh the player to your left has to either take the pig or draw a card mm -hmm. if you play a single cow you must draw a card mm -hmm. so you can never go out by playing a cow because you're forced to draw another card and that's it. You play three rounds and with the goal of getting as few points as possible. Yeah. And enjoyable, fun. I didn't understand. The sheep does nothing. You skip that. Right. Because sheep do nothing. Right. They do nothing. <laughs> uh, so I, I thought it was fine. But Joe did say he enjoyed the game more and more that he played it. And then yes. Friedemann walked over and it was like, oh, this is such a good game. It's so overlooked from Essen last year. Yes. Oh, nobody talks about this game. And I. I'm playing this game going, okay, it's fine, but so I'm hoping to be able to play it again. We need to play it more, but here's the thing. Those are the games. So from playing with Joe, I've played with Joe Huber a lot um, in the game group and I was shocked. Um, that was my experience walking into the gathering last year was immediately people welcomed me. It's late at night um, before the gathering had even started. They pulled me over to a table. And I'm like, oh crap, I, I don't know if I'm ready for this. I'm not sure I can play some 18XX right now. I've just landed. Nope. They pull out Shaky Manor. And I'm like, this is Joe Huber and Dan Blum. And what are we doing? And we're playing Shaky Manor. Right. And it was a great time. And they find strategy and fun in games that is amazing. The the jadedness has not reached them. And it's a great time. Yeah. The Now, that's not to say that there aren't a lot of 18xx games going on. There absolutely are. There's everything under the sun being played. There's a whole lot of wingspan being played mm -hmm. all over the place and everywhere and in between. Uh, so, yeah. So, it's, it's just basically, it's honestly, this is exactly what I imagined it would be. And this was Good. in my mind's imagination. It. It's what I modeled HeavyCon after. And right. I'm like, yeah, that's pretty much what this is. So new play or well, let's finish going through the games and then we'll talk sure. about the the badge and all that stuff. Next, uh, we ran, uh, started a game, played a game called On Tour. Mm hmm. Uh, it's kind of a flipping right, rolling right, whatever you want to call it. You get it's the both. idea you're of rolling it. and you're yeah. flipping cards. Yeah. Um, overall, forgettable. Uh, I got to be honest, really did not enjoy it. It's overstayed its welcome. It was the game played you as opposed to you playing the game. Uh, if you put a gun to my head and asked me to play it again, I would. But otherwise, there are far better options out there. There's stuff like Railroad Inc. There's Welcome yes. to. There's all this stuff that I would much rather play than on tour. I don't think we need to belabor that anymore no it was it was uh yeah it could have been a little shorter um yeah. but so then after that we headed to dinner uh you me and dan went to what was the name of the place 
Uh, the Griffin Pub. Which I was like, really, you want to go to a pub because you're vegan? <laughs> and come to find out, they had a bunch of options there. Yes. I had chicken and waffle, uh, like sandwich. That was really good. They had homemade horseradish dill pickles. Amazing. Holy cow, those were stupid good. And uh, Dan had a peanut butter and jelly burger, which he said was really good. On our recommendation of always saying that you need peanut butter on burgers. Peanut butter and jalapenos on a burger should always be the case. Try it before you judge. Yeah. That was a top five meal ever, I think, for me. My my Impossible Burger was incredible. They did a great job. Yeah, you you were raving about uh-huh. it. I didn't speak for, I think, 20 minutes. That's a record. I think so. So <laughs> and when we got back from dinner, uh, we then uh, we were talking about, okay, let's let's play, a, not to say a real game, but a heavier game. Let's play something meaty now. And you would give it, you had played Brass Birmingham. Uh, yes. last night yep and so you were like i'd be down for playing that again i was like let's play Always. something different and i asked you had you played wildcatters i had not i was like john let me go see if i can find a copy and scott who is part of the local game group in the boston area because yes. it seems all of boston of the, of the gamers are here it seems uh he had a copy and i was like awesome and then we went walking around trying to find other folks and there was a gentleman by the name of joe and Doug joined us. Mm-hmm. And then unfortunately, Joe had something come up in the right after the teach. Yes. Uh, right before we actually started the game and a little emergency he had to attend to. So what happened? Well, during the teach, uh, a gentleman by the name of Tao, Tao Seti, walked by the designer of Sidereal Confluence, walked by and he was like, oh, this looks really interesting. And when Joe had to leave the game, not Joe Huber, different Joe. He, uh, we were like, Hey, Tao, you want to fill in? He was like, I don't really quite understand it all, but sure. He took second, but I expected that. Mm -hmm. And then after the four of us played Wildcatters and this was the second edition from Capstone, uh, we sat around talking for an hour and a half, I think about at least Tao's other designs and the way his mind works. And I told him amazing that I am so grateful for crazy weird people like him who come up with these crazy weird ideas for games that bring such joy to all of us and he was he took it as exactly as intended which was a huge compliment because Mm -hmm. the way his mind works is crazy so yeah we got to hear about the original iteration of sidereal confluence which i had heard stories about this about its creation through the grapevine and it's kind of like operation right you get all different layers of this story and it comes at you and i'd listened to to probably five different versions and I was like can you tell it and it was just as amazing as I thought it was going to be he oh, just came up with his grail of a game this is what I want to see this is what I want to play I want to play an eight hour game with my friends and have it go even longer than that and not care and that's what he created of course City Girl Confluence is the pared down version of that, but amazing. And it was really funny listening to him because he's a morning person. He says, I'm yes. the only morning person in the world. And so at this point, it's Midnight. 12, 1230 or yeah. so. He's exhausted. And Jess asked him that question. And 
in the best way possible, dude wouldn't shut up for an hour and a half. He lit up. He was he so happy to talk about it. And because I've played it a fair bit and love it so much, we're using nicknames for the the different factions you can have. And I'm like, well, how did you come up with this, Evan? How did these work? And it was, it was. And then he started talking about some of his other creations and how they got more and more ridiculous. Yeah. And there's one game that's 10 foot by 10 foot. You need to play it on yes. the floor and all of this stuff. And I absolutely would love to be able to sit down uh, and do a long form interview with him yeah. a, as a conversation. I think enjoy that too. So yeah, so that's where we're at. That was day one of the gathering of friends. Now, before we sign off, I kind of want to talk about the badges. So I talked about how yesterday we had punched games for one of the attendees for Rodney and mm -hmm. helped out with all that. And then we helped uh, kind of get the swag bag stuff ready for yes. the swag bags. And the swag bags are kind of what you would expect at a convention. They have little discount stuff. They have promos in it. They have little commemorative cups. They have pens. They, you know, stuff like that, whatever. But these promos are actually for the event. So they'll have information about Alan. They'll have information about the fact that it's the 30th gathering of the friends. So very customized from well, us. Absolutely. That's a nice segue into talking about the badges and the way they're all color coded. So this being my first year, uh, new the, the FNGs, the new folks, uh, first time attendees get red badges and they stand out. And let me tell you, this is an awesome thing. This is something I am totally stealing for heavy con. And that is, Everyone is so inviting and so welcoming and so kind and so, hey, it's your first uh, gathering. Awesome. Congrats. And some folks who I, I have no idea who they are uh, come up to me. Hey, big fan of the show. Glad mm -hmm. to see you made it. Glad mm -hmm. you got an invite, this and that, whatever. Right. So that was that was really cool. And then the regular color badges are the gray badges, which you get from year two to year 19. Yes, that's the veteran badge. And then there are the black badges, the the Holy Grail, uh, so to speak, which the black badges means of the 30 years of the gathering, yes. you have been here at least 20 years. 20 of them or more. And right. maybe you mix, missed a year, that type of thing. Yep, which that's pretty cool. And then there are blue badges. Blue badges mean that you're a part of the industry. Maybe you work for a publisher or, or a designer. Yep. And uh, obviously with me being media, but still, I'm just a regular, I'm, I'm a dude here. I'm just Edward. I'm not yeah. Edward from heavy cardboard per se. No, you have. Yeah. And then there's the uh, gold badges. I haven't seen these gold badges. The gold badges mean that you have not missed one year. So Rodney has a gold badge and Alan, of course. Um, so gold badges are people who have not missed one gathering of friends. Also something I'm going to steal. Okay, yes. I like this. All uh, right. Every single one. Yeah. So lots of different. Oh, and then there's orange badges and those are the volunteers. Okay, cool. So yeah, so it's pretty cool to be able to see it's just got your name and where you're from. And mm -hmm. like Massachusetts is all it says on mine. So Edward Euler, Massachusetts. And it was pretty funny. So Alan, uh, Alan, um, for whatever reason, it either it got misplaced or something like that. So my badge wasn't there. So I was all... Kind of uh, uh, very insecure because people, <laughs> they would look at me and then immediately look at your chest like for the lanyard for your name tag, which the whole world should have name tags because that just Always. makes just everything a whole lot easier. People. And I didn't have one and I was getting really self-conscious 
and because people didn't know and so jess actually hand wrote a little yes little badge and and made it for me so people knew that hi i'm edward i'm edward um, yeah new guy here and and it was taken care of relatively oh yeah yeah totally that. totally yeah. and then um honestly so i was really nervous about the idea of doing daily diaries because it's the gathering of friends mm-hmm. and i just wanted to be respectful and i didn't know how private everything is so i went up and i told alan thank you again for inviting me i appreciate it and i wanted to touch base and ask him and he said absolutely it's not it's not secret this this whole nine yards right he said the only thing to be respectful for and this is common sense to me which is when it comes to prototypes Ask the publisher and or designer, whoever's there, whether or not you can talk about it, yes. whether you can take pictures, what whether you can, you can talk exactly. about yeah, what level of uh, uh, coverage it, it can get or yep. not get. So the plan is for Sunday to be all prototype days. So I'm really, really excited mm-hmm. about that. But tomorrow, who knows what tomorrow's going to bring. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, just having a good time and really enjoying my time here. Yeah, same. I mean, this it really does live up to its name. This is the gathering of friends. And as much as a lot of people are in the industry here, um, you're here to see each other and kind of touch base before convention season starts and before it becomes all work. And right now it's little baby prototypes that you get to show to friends and uh, talk about in their early stages that we'll see in the industry a year or two from now. Right. And some are actually like pre-production. So there are some that are further along, but there's also these inkling, like uh, one guy was telling me the story about how they were playtesting some of the expansion maps for power grid one year. Yeah. And how Friedemann actually sign at the end dinner, which unfortunately we're not going to be here for this year. But at the end of it, um, Friedemann signed it and gave it to him. And he was because he he played it so much and and helped so much with the development of it. Power grid fan. And Mm -hmm. that was that's amazing. I think that's I mean, that's something you treasure, right? That's a one of a kind thing that that's just really cool. Yeah. So there you go. Day one of the gathering of friends in the books. And unfortunately, there won't be a day 10. I think there's only going to be a day five for total for us. For this year. For this year. But hopefully for next year, we'll be able to come for the whole thing. That said, there you go. Hopefully you all enjoy it. I'm Edward. I'm Jess. We'll catch you all tomorrow. Take care, y'all.